but the major causes of ADHD symptoms. And, and we start with a, an instant gratification personality. And, and that is, that's a healthy personality, but mm-hmm. that's a personality that clashes with our environment because it's that personality that wants it, everything here and now and interesting and fun and dangerous and, mm-hmm. and novel. And our, our world does not really nurture that very well. Got a lot of love. Yeah, that's for sure. Got music and movies and friends and medicine. Yeah, is the show for me and you. The one you love to listen to. And oh, you got your friends. See it through. Seek's laughter is medicine too. Said it's medicine to be. Welcome to the Ed Show, sponsored by Off Leash Canine Training, Kara's Healthcare, and the Relevant App. We don't dispense medical advice, and all your health choices are your own. Yes, and the opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of our producer, A Edge Productions. This is season six, episode 12 How Can We Deal with ADHD? I'm Wendy Love Edge, and this is my co host, Brandon Lee. How are you this week, Brandon? I'm doing good, running around crazy, which is Kind of ironic with uh, what our topic is. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I am a sufferer, I think, of ADHD, um, not diagnosed by any means, um, mm-hmm. but I just know so many people. I think that we're kind of all ingrained with that nowadays, aren't we? Yeah. You know, you hear about it all the time. People use the word the, or the letters ADHD frequently. It may or may not be true that that's what they have, but Um, You know, it's a hard thing to diagnose, too. Um, I have a list of things that uh, that sort of shape what what it actually means. If you have uh, a number of these things, you may have it. So we could go through the list and see what you think. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, So impulsiveness is the first one on the list. Um, <laughs> the next, I, you know, I think a lot of people uh, use those impulses. You know, I started thinking about when we started thinking about ADHD and all the things that you're getting ready to list. Like, I can't help but think about social media and our mm-hmm. uh, how we're just we scroll and scroll and scroll. And I think we almost give ourselves ADHD. And as you're mm-hmm. talking about with with that, it's just that little bit of um, you know change, and you want to just keep on scrolling and scrolling and get different information and so right they we're kind of feeding our ADHD at that point one of our guests uh later in the show talks a little bit about that um and you know some of the reasons that uh through her research that she's seen that people uh, have this uh ADHD but yeah. you know I think you're right um you know I think about that all the time how much I I divide my attention 
because of social media and all of the media that's coming my way. And I know I'm not alone with that. Um, yeah, no. You know, and I, and all these things that you're listing off, I'm sure that they're, they're all, they can probably go right back to social media, you know? Right. But right. what are the other ones on the list? So on the list also, um, disorganization and problems prioritizing, uh, poor time management skills, problems focusing on a task, trouble multitasking, which I was a little surprised about that because I feel like with ADHD or my thought you, is you, you can like multitask you yes, right. <laughs> through a lot of different tasks at once, you know, and not being able to kind of focus on one thing, but yeah, trouble multitasking, excessive activity or restlessness, uh, poor planning, low frustration tolerance. That's, that's what I, on the list, but um, I don't know if you can relate to any of that. I can relate to some of it. Uh, and I don't remember when I was a child feeling that way, really. I wonder if it's been an adult start for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of, I feel you there. I have those same, you know, you list off those things like, mm -hmm. like frustrations through the day, trying to hurry up and task a lot of things right. uh, and, you know, wrangling that and trying to keep that into your life, you know, keep everything organized. Mm -hmm. I understand that too. I, you know, I think it really comes down to, as you mentioned, like when we grow up, a lot of expectations, a lot of things that we try to get done and get mm -hmm. done quickly. I think we know, you know, the path of what we do in our day, you know, so we try right. to hurry up and get it done, whether it be managed traffic, because you know where you need to get right. and, you know, you're not getting there as quickly as usually or usual. And so all these things, I believe, can kind of lead to more and more of a slope of ADHD. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, and, and kind of organizing our life is is helpful with that. Right. And, you know, I wonder, you know, we use, we keep saying, you know, ADHD or, or they used to separate ADD and ADHD. And I learned uh, in the interviews that that's not really the case anymore. Um, right. But I just wonder if it's sort of modern life and what we're, what's required of all of us um, with everything coming at us. You know, we use we use that that acronym a lot, but maybe it's maybe it's not necessarily a disorder or something that needs um, right. I think as a society, we, yeah, hmm. as a society, we kind of have that in us. And I can tell you, uh, I'm on the radio on the regular, and mm -hmm. and I get a lot of those studies from Nielsen, um, and they talk about time spent listening (TSL), um, and that's all down across the board. Mm -hmm. And that's not just because of, you know, less it's down across everyone's platforms because we're so used to social media scrolling to the next, being able to really just instantly get um, what we're wanting information or just a new subject in general. And right. so what that I believe that really does have a lot to do with feeding um, our attention spans, you know, and may not be an ADD or a uh, disorder, but right. our attention spans in general have gotten smaller and I've noticed that over the years and maybe it's the technology and maybe it's us growing up, but I have a feeling it's a lot, lot to do with our technology as well. I think so. I think you hit the nail on the head and, um, you know, we talk about some other things later in the show too, like just having less time outdoors and, um, yeah. you know, lots of lifestyle changes that have happened in recent years, especially. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, the, the prevalence of ADHD as a 
actual disorder is has gotten higher and Arkansas is one of the highest um, which is was really interesting to me you know 14 percent a little over 14 percent of of uh, of individuals I think between ages of like five and 17 so so kids Arkansas yeah Arkansas is on the top end of the list wow. Which it did surprise me because, you know, we're the natural state and it seems like people are spending more time outdoors and maybe less on the social media, less uh, um, on the computer. But maybe that's not true. I, I guess not. I don't know. Or is that a factor? Many people say it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about I it? I do know that um, our, we're, we're last in education, too. And I don't know if that's a correlation of um, people being taught or what we're teaching in schools or how mm -hmm. they're being taught um, at an early age. I think that could have a lot to do with it, um, how we deal with our problems and how we deal with daily life. You know, we're sort of in a bubble here in Northwest Arkansas compared to the rest of the state. Right. Too. Um, it gets a little rural uh, once you get past mm -hmm. Little Rock and, and places around here. So you know, you start seeing that. And I, I really do believe that um, it's the way we're teaching our kids and, and what we describe as ADHD and, um, and prescribe that. So I think that's a lot, lot to do with it. And right. um, now it couldn't be everything. I'm not a doctor and I'm not, I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it seems like there's a correlation between that. And, um, you know, and I think the whole state suffers because of that. They really do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I didn't realize that that the state was last. I knew it was lower on the list, but yeah, it was like it, yeah. between yeah second to last. I mean, it's mm -hmm. at the bottom for sure. Sure, right. That's interesting. Um, when you look at those two things together, I don't know what it means exactly, <laughs> but yeah, but it's something to think about for sure. And you know, I think um, I think we have to really think about how we're spending our time, what we're giving attention to, because with ADHD, we're talking about inattention you know the impulsivity some people have the hyperactivity some yeah. people don't um you know but um but it's the inattention and so I, I think just personally we have to look at ourselves and say well am I inattentive am I you know I know like for me sometimes I might be looking at my phone there's no reason for me to be looking at my phone but I'm just it's a habit yeah and instead everyone, of a lot of people have that habit yeah instead of paying attention to the person in front of me I'm for no reason like scrolling on my phone yeah not paying attention and that just feeds the problem you know yeah you know in those phones the phones are a big part of it I think a lot of people get uh, distracted with that and uh, you know and and those distractions be can become habits of mm -hmm. distraction that's right. what it's all about you know with attention deficit you know you're you're not able to enjoy the moments as much so mm -hmm. being able to try to be present with that and making it a point to do that might be a good idea well coming up next my interview with Abigail Gimpel Joining me now is Abigail Gimpel. She is the author of Hyperhealing, the Empowered Patient's Complete Guide to Raising a Healthy Child with ADHD Symptoms. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Wendy. It's such a pleasure being here with you today. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. We're talking about ADHD today, and we hear these letters all the time, ADHD, ADD. 
I, I think first it would be great to define what that really means. So what's the definition for ADHD or ADD, or should we be using both of those sets of letters? I don't know. Well, the, the terms come in and out of style, depending on what DSM you're, you're reading that day. It mm -hmm. happens to be the DSM is the Diagnostics and Statistical Manual, which is essentially the Bible of psychiatry, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. everybody most people know that by now but we're we're at the dsm-5 which is the latest version of it and mm -hmm. right now add is out and adhd which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder mm -hmm. um different subtypes of adhd is the way we refer to it so if you want to be up with the times that's the way we discuss it okay. um, what it really is is a descriptive uh diagnosis of uh, behavioral behavioral responses to something. Essentially, it would be like um, diagnosing uh, someone, let's say that had a sore throat, we would, we would call it, this person has a sore, scratchy throat with a little itch. Um, okay. So that, so ADHD is you're, you're struggling with some kind of attention deficit. And mm -hmm. the way it's diagnosed is through a list of, a checklist of symptoms. And you'll get a sense of what these symptoms, and you, you get a sense of what subset of ADHD you have based on how many yeses you get in each subset of symptoms. Okay. So, and it's important for me to say that not to belittle ADHD, which I certainly am not. That's, that's really what I've dedicated my life to. And mm -hmm. a good number of my six children have been diagnosed with ADHD as well as my husband. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it, it's certainly a, a very relevant and real diagnosis, but the diagnosis itself is meaningless unless we find out why the person is uh, exhibiting those symptoms. I, I do believe that the person that is diagnosed with ADHD is a healthy person. If we go, and I had put out a post on, on Instagram, and I was talking about how to help a child not have tantrums in the supermarket. You're a mom just like me. Yes. I don't know if your children tantrumed in the supermarket, but Lord knows mine did. They, yes, 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 they did. Mm -hmm. So I was putting out some ideas of how to help a child regain control and, and not have tantrums and empower a child to not have tantrums in a supermarket, which mm -hmm. to me seems like a standard thing. And having raised six children, most of them with ADHD, I know that this is something that could be accomplished. And my kids are healthy and empowered and doing great, you know, thank God. Yes. But I get a response back, you know, and I'm giving some ideas and I, mm -hmm. I got some nice responses. And then one mom responds and says, or maybe we just have to accept that this is a neurodivergent way of responding. So what we're saying is I'm expecting less of the child because I've decided that the child has a challenge that they cannot overcome. And mm -hmm. that's not something I'm willing to sign on to. I'm willing to sign on to that it's more challenging for that child because that child needs to work that muscle more. Mm -hmm. But if my kid had a hard time walking because they had loose limbs, you know, very overflexible, right. one mm -hmm. of my kids had that, I wouldn't say, okay, so we're going to give up on the walking. I'd say, let's get some occupational therapy, physical therapy mm -hmm. and get the kid walking. It'll take yes. a couple more months, but right. she can do it. And that, right. and that to me is a problem. Yeah, I, I hear you because if we accommodate too soon, right, we're just going to accommodate to all these issues that a child may have. I think we've done them a disservice, you know, yeah. um, rather than, okay, this is what we're dealing with. What, 
we may not know the the exact cause or we haven't talked about that yet but we we may not know the exact cause that's okay let's see what we can do to to make it better for them so they can interact with the world in a way that will help them to be productive you know I exactly and it's a real curse of low expectations Mm -hmm. instead of saying you're on a journey and every day you can get stronger and we have no idea what your potential is you get Mm -hmm. to decide that I love we're that. saying mm-hmm. we've capped your potential. Yes, right, right. So, so um, thank you for that information. I think it's really important, and it may be controversial. We can always talk about it. You know, today <laughs> people, instead of uh, talking through controversy, everyone gets mad and walks away. Well, that doesn't get us anywhere, does it? No, it's <laughs> terrible. Oh my God, we are in such a mess. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what do they know? What the cause is then? If it's not in the brain, it sounds like it's not um, based on. They, the there's a possibility that it is. I'm not saying I it's not. It I'm right. saying we, we haven't we haven't fully identified that yet. Right. And and it's and we're leaving that open to ca- carry on searching for it for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's actually what I do in my book. I go through all the causes, not all of them. It's impossible to go through all of them, but the major causes of ADHD symptoms. And and we start with a an instant gratification personality, and and that is a, that's a healthy personality. But mm-hmm. that's a personality that clashes with our environment because it's that a personality that wants it everything here and now and interesting and fun and dangerous and mm-hmm. and novel. And our our world does not really nurture that very well. And, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like not every you know we don't need every personality type to be nurtured. But the child who has that kind of personality is going to be slightly immature is going to run through friendships because they're looking for that excitement. So they're going to have, they're going to have to learn how to do friendships better. They're going to have to learn how to become mature better. And they also are missing habits big time because we only create habits. You and I, again, as moms know that you have to Mm -hmm. really work hard to create habits while we're raising our children and doing anything else. And the only way we do it is by repetitive behavior. If you're instant gratification, you don't like to repeat boring behaviors. So mm-hmm. they start tasks and then stop and they don't like to transition because now I'm in the middle of something, mom, that's really, really fun. So leave me alone and I'm not getting in the shower. No way. But then you finally take them with a crane, stick them in the shower <laughs> and then right. you can't get them out because they're having so much fun in the shower and singing and, mm-hmm. and, you know, using the hot water of the entire neighborhood. So that is one, that is one challenge and it's, but it's a healthy, challenging behavior that needs to be worked with in a very specific way. Then we have other causes like screen addiction mm-hmm. and sleep problems. Screen addiction not only causes ADHD behavior, it also exacerbates what we would have before, which would be the instant gratification personality. Mm-hmm. So instant gratification minus screens would probably do better in school than with the screens. And mm-hmm. uh, we also have trauma, abuse, and neglect, mm-hmm. um, bullying, that entire thing will definitely uh, cause a child to go directly into ADHD behavior. We have sleep issues. So all of these things are going to cause ADHD symptoms. So all of the, this that you're mentioning is, uh, is, is really important when you have a child or family member who is given this diagnosis, ADHD. It seems mm-hmm. like it's sort of, I don't know how to put it, but sort of medicalizing this right was saying this is the disease but maybe that's not really the disease there's so many other things 
components that, that you've mentioned? Well, it's a very convenient diagnosis for both parent and doctor and teacher. Oh, and teacher. We're mm -hmm. going to put a teacher in there. And they're all, they all mean well, by the way. Uh, right. Everyone right. wants the best for the child. And I firmly believe that. And I've seen it over and over again because I, I work with all three groups. Yes. I, I teach teachers, actually. I'm in, mm -hmm. a, a college teacher and I, teach, and I teach wonderful teachers. And I'm a teacher myself. But uh, the, the thing is that when you have a diagnosis and you say, here's the diagnosis, I know why the child's struggling, there's something wrong with the brain, and I have this fix, mm -hmm. then everyone is a little bit off the hook there. Like right. you, you don't have to look further. And you know what? Cheney, kids' diet is really hard. I've done it. I've tried it. And my, like my son was celiac, we did a very intense diet. We did raw vegan for two months. Mm -hmm. and juicing and and wow. uh how, and how old was he when you did that i'm he's just curious a superstar he was yeah. he was 13 years old wow and, and he, he i said to him we can get you down to zero you will have no traces of autoimmunity in your blood if you stick with me for a bit and that's what happened wow that's but amazing that was he was willing to do it at that age remarkable mm -hmm. I, like i said he's a superstar mm -hmm. but two months and his body was in pristine shape but those were two hard months and then you have to maintain so and not only that if you're gonna if you're if you're seeing that the cause is an instant gratification personality there's a lot of work to do you have right. to learn how to help your kids get new habits the teacher has to work hard the mom has to work the parents have to work hard mm -hmm. and therefore it's, it, it's very much more convenient. And mm -hmm. I, and like I said, they want the best for the kid, but hearing that there's a pill that fixes this is much easier than hearing, well, you have to change the diet and you have to completely change the way you discipline your children and, yes. and flip your entire discipline program on its head. Good right. luck. I, I, I completely understand. And I can relate because I remember with my older son going to these IEP meetings and yeah. at school and you know, them suggesting maybe he needs another pill, you know, because he's still having difficulty. Um, right. And, you know, it, it, as a parent, it's scary and disheartening. And, and uh, yeah. And, and, you know, also on the other side, you know, the teachers have a large classroom of students. They have a lot to do. You know, you're a teacher and a mother. Um, yeah. And, and it, this other uh, school of thought that you're presenting adds much more to their plate because this diagnosis is pretty prevalent, isn't it? They may have several oh, yeah. students in the classroom. <laughs> I have actually met with teachers of, of classrooms that had 50% of their class diagnosis is high school, Whoa. 50%. Now See, that's not standard. It's more standard is 20% of boys and closer to 15% of girls, that, which is still outrageous yes it's a lot one more question for you and it's about adult diagnosis we've been talking a lot about children and right. parenting and teachers uh, you mentioned in the beginning that your your husband has adhd mm -hmm. um, so can adults be diagnosed with this and then are we looking at all the same kind of causes or what are your thoughts about that so I actually work with adults a lot and really enjoy it I specifically work with with couples Mm. And that's some fascinating work because they, they, they have to be reintroduced to each other's brains, basically, then, mm -hmm. and different thought processes, not broken brains, but the way each of them thinks and, and what makes them tick. But what happens with adults 
is that, and generally when, when adults are diagnosed uh, and they didn't have ADHD symptoms before, then it's a, a kind of a strange diagnosis to me mm-hmm. because it seems to me it's more, I call it ADHD of the fourth child. And it's, it's just a joke I have with my students because I have a lot of students with large families because I'm, I'm teaching in the Orthodox Jewish community mm-hmm. and, and therefore like a family of seven kids is, is average. So right. I, uh, so I, I say to them, like, how many kids do you have? It's always four. And I'm like, yeah, well, your, your, your plate has overflown. And therefore, you mm-hmm. have become overwhelmed. That's not a disorder. That's a you need help. Mm-hmm. You need cleaning help and you need a right. vacation. Right. Uh, and also you need to learn skills of balancing more kids and more, more, more responsibility. But if I see adult, an adult who actually had symptoms as a child, but it was missed mm-hmm. or they were just uh, diagnosed as lazy. Right. And then therefore what mm-hmm. happens is, is a whole new level of complexity comes into the picture, which is the emotional stuff, the low Mm -hmm. self-esteem, the worthlessness feeling, this very fixed personality. I am a this, I am a a, not a hard worker. I'm a failure, all that stuff. So you have to start by peeling that away. And only then could you really look at, well, what was it that caused this? Was it your personality? Was it the way you were born? Was it your environment? Was there abuse there? Well, is it neglected and, and, and getting to the diet, but first you got to peel off that very thick sure. layer of emotional, of, of emotional toll that this person has paid. Right. Right. Interesting. Well, um, I'm so glad that, that you're there to help people with this. Um, where can people get in touch with you and where can they find your book? Okay, so my book is on Amazon Great. and uh, that is, and actually I, the book has at the end of each chapter what's what was a cheat sheet, meaning I, I'm writing it for parents who have ADHD themselves in many oh, nice. cases. <laughs> well, it is, it's, you know, it's definitely something that's passed down through the generations. We see that in my family very clearly. So I, I actually put out just for $1, the cheat sheets themselves. So if you want to nice. just get a quick review mm-hmm. and then decide if you'd like to read the full book, the book is bigger, but it really is a full coaching program. And you can go through it. I always recommend that you go through it with a group of friends. Nice. Because if you, um, if you do with a group of friends, you make a WhatsApp group and, uh, the, and, the, and the friends go through it together. They read a chapter a week and then they mm-hmm. discuss it together physically, mm-hmm. come together, see each other. That's important. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is that crazy? <laughs> That's the, it's the only way it works. And then you do that with two, three friends. Mm-hmm. you're all going to succeed. If you try to do it alone, you'll do fine, but get together as a group and do it. So yes. you definitely can get the book on Amazon, Hyper Healing, and, uh, but you can reach out to me at uh, on my website, which is hyperhealing.org. And you could ask a question directly to me through the website. I always respond. I'm always happy to hear your questions or anything else. Excellent. Well, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for joining me, Abigail. Joining me now is Dr. Brian Nickel, and we're going to discuss ADHD and cannabis. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Nickel. Oh, Wendy, thanks for having me back again. It's good to see you. Yes, great to see you. We love your music and cannabis pairings, of course. Well, that's so uh, much fun to do. It really is. Yes, I bet. Um, and uh, But we don't always get to chat with you. Um, I really wanted to get your take. We're talking about ADHD this week. And uh, I'd love to get your thoughts about use of cannabis 
uh, to treat ADHD. Let's talk first, perhaps about adults, uh, and then we can talk about children as well. Well, I think uh, as far as ADD and ADHD, kind of view them as the same type of thing, really. Uh, really, a lot of patients do respond to cannabis. Uh, one of the interesting things uh, as cannabis become legal in, in the state of Arkansas, at any rate, is patients coming in for their medical cards. The adults, when I speak to them, I'll ask them about previous cannabis use. I'm amazed at the number of adults that have been using cannabis since their teens. Uh, you know, initially they thought perhaps they were just using it recreationally. When you talk to them over a period of time, you find out, well, really, they were self-medicating, as we call it, using cannabis to treat their ADD and ADHD symptoms. They actually saw an improvement with cannabis. Oh, they might have thought they were just partying with it. The reason mm -hmm. they stuck with it is because it actually did help some of their symptoms. So anecdotally, a lot of patients have been using it for uh, treatment of ADD symptoms uh, quite successfully. Uh, nice. As for the more focused medical use, I do think it has a place in it. So, how do how would it work for for someone with ADHD? Does it calm their nervous system, or what? It, what is the mechanism of of it working for that diagnosis? Well, the actual mechanism, you know, who really can say? I, I think <laughs> some of it is it really does help improve focus on okay. uh, what you're doing, where you're less distracted by. Uh, the, the things that normally distract people with ADD. For me, it's anything shiny over here. I see and I'm <laughs> over chasing after it, unfortunately. Uh -huh. uh, CBD seems to uh, help patients focus in on things and be less distracted. Typically, there's some anxiety and depression associated with ADD. CBD uh, is quite effective at moderating those symptoms in a lot of patients. One of the things I found of particular use is uh, certain terpenes. Uh, I use uh, pining in particular. It seems mm. to really help with focus and um, attention with people with uh, ADD. Uh, Wendy, I'll, I'll tell you, my mother, uh, she's getting ready to turn 80 here very soon. She still works. She's in the magazine publishing Good for business. Her. Nice. Works remote from home. Uh -huh. uh, when I started using CBD and uh, pining to control my symptoms several years ago, I gave my mom a little taste of it. Yeah, she won't live without it now. She says it mm. keeps her laser focused on things. Nice. Uh -huh. does make her a little bit bitchy. You do become impatient with people as far as getting to the point on things because you're finally thinking clearer in a more focused manner. Uh -huh. uh, that's the biggest side effect I see with that combination of CBD and pining. I do believe that a THC component does help people with ADD. For many patients, uh, just smoking cannabis or using THC tinctures is one way to do that. However, a lot of patients seem to do fine on relatively low dose THC, that that you will find in a full spectrum CBD tincture. Hmm. Uh, as I use, I find that more than adequate to control most of my symptoms. Nice. So when we talk about children and cannabis, you know, there's, there's lots of um, controversy uh, for many people. However, kids who are on uh, medications, pharmaceutical drugs for ADHD, you know, they're pretty heavy duty drugs. Um, so I wondered what your thoughts were about using cannabis for ADHD in someone uh, who's underage, under 18, to treat these symptoms, and if it perhaps could even be safer, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, when it comes down to the whole idea of using THC in children, the, the, the big uh, concern 
we have as physicians is that uh, THC is very much involved, intimately involved in the immune system. There's something called brain remodeling that occurs in uh, children and adolescents up to about the age of, oh gosh, 22, 24 years old, maybe, mm -hmm. where different connections in the brains are established and other ones are essentially pruned. I think that's one of the reasons why adolescence is so tough for people. Your brain really is kind of screwed up going through a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. The particular cells involved in this process are called glial cells. These glial cells expose a lot of the, I won't get too deep in the weeds, but a particular receptor, the CB1R receptor that uh, THC actually interacts with. Mm -hmm. The idea is that when you administer THC to kids that are undergoing this brain remodeling, you may actually interfere with the connections that mm -hmm. are being made and are being pruned, which could lead to issues. Um, there are statistical, statistically significant numbers that seem to show that uh, schizophrenia may be increased in children and adolescents who use cannabis. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not definitive data and all this, but uh, it does give us pause as far as recommending THC to these individuals. Um, you come down onto the whole risks versus benefit things mm -hmm. as far as uh, cannabis goes versus all other medications too. Uh, in my opinion, using very low dose THC in these children, the benefit outweighs the risk. Always mm -hmm. you want to try to get by in the lowest uh, amount of THC as you possibly can in these kids. When we start examining the risk versus benefit ratio of cannabis and THC versus that of, as you mentioned, the medications we prescribe to children for ADD and ADHD particularly the amphetamine class of drugs, and they mm -hmm. have very, very, very significant side effects. Right. And uh, I have a lot of pause about using those in children too. Mm -hmm. And if I compare the two, and this is strictly my opinion now, sure. when you look at the risks, risks and benefits of cannabis on one side of the scales and the risks and benefits of the amphetamine class of drugs on the other side of the scales, to me, it kind of tilts you towards the uh, acceptance of uh, low-dose THC as being preferable to mm -hmm. that of the prescribed drugs. Again, that is just my opinion. I'm sure you can find a lot of dissenting opinions to that. Sure. Well, thank you so much for uh, for giving us your opinion on that. I think it's a subject that can be controversial, but uh, knowing the a little bit of the science and like you said, uh, we have to look at that. I think for all things that we ingest, the benefit-risk ratio, figure out if the benefit outweighs the risk and make choices accordingly. So thank you so much for that in information. Um, thanks for joining me today. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, Wendy, we're always available at our website at canvasexpertmd.com. And don't forget to follow us so you don't miss anything on mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter under Canvas Expert MD. In fact, we've got uh, coming out this week, I think, New can of chef in Little Rock is uh, starting to share some of his recipes with him. So don't miss it. Oh, wonderful. Thanks for letting us know. Take care. Miss Teddy here with your Food is Medicine Minute. Normally, I give you a list of foods to incorporate into your diet. This episode, we are talking about ADHD, and I'm going to give you a list of foods to try and stay away from. And these are ice cream, yogurt, sugar coffee, swordfish, cheese, chocolate, soda, frozen pizza, corn, chips, 
most junk food, squash and other yellow vegetables, fruit juice, fast foods, and red meats. For more information on food as medicine, please feel free to contact me at Learn From Teddy on Facebook. Thank you. Well, that was some great information. Always great to see Miss Teddy too, of course. She's I noticed- sending me her book. I heard that she uh-huh. she's uh, she made a book. I had no idea that she was an author. So I'm really stoked about uh, some really healthy eating that she does, obviously. So yes. she, I didn't know she made a book. She's a writer too. Yes, uh, she wrote a book about raw cannabis. And uh, that's how I kind of ran into her um, on social media because uh, raw cannabis, uh, when I'm able to uh, to get it, is really helpful to me. Um, and I, at the time, there weren't many people even talking about it. And I saw her book and and followed her on social media. That's how we met. That's <laughs> Over amazing. Her book. That's yeah. amazing. So I'm gonna get. I'm checking that book out. I gotta. Re- I gotta read that for sure. Yes, excellent. Um, yeah. So, have you been watching anything? I've been watching this thing on HBO, and it's all about the rise of the Lakers. Uh, uh-huh. It's called Winning Time, uh-huh. but it's like set like it's in the 70s, you know, so everything's in the 70s uh, cool. with that feel and even the video uh, videography in it. And it's uh-huh. just it takes you back and it's really cool. And even if you don't like sports, you know, or don't like the basketballs or whatever you want to do, uh-huh. um, the behind the scenes, the drama and all this stuff in it is so good and hilarious. Oh, uh, I'm, I might like it. I mean, I grew up in the John 70s. C. Riley. John C. Yep. Riley's in it, and cool. he is uh-huh. hilarious. Uh, Walk Hard, if you don't know that movie, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's definitely hilarious. I would give it a one bud just because it's a series and I haven't seen it all, and I don't want to, like, just give up all the buds for that. Oh, so right. <laughs> I'm going to give it one, and okay. I heard you were watching something really cool. Uh, another thing, I, I definitely want to see this one. Yeah, I, I have. Um, it's, uh, it's by Amy Schumer, and um, it's called Life and Beth. And um, of course, she's the main character. And what I really love about it is, um, you know, the story is interesting and sometimes tragic, but it's also funny and it incorporates like the effects of trauma throughout. So you can see like what she's, her mind is bringing her back to why the situation is so hard for her. They'll do flashbacks to her childhood of different things that happened and so for me I always find that very interesting you know I'm a multiple trauma survivor myself and so I I, and that happens to me like I can see like oh I'm acting this way because of that and I can stop that behavior you know so I love the way it's just interwoven into this series what are you giving out are you giving a bunch of buds up oh I'm giving Uh it yeah many buds up (laughs) (laughs) for sure it's definitely the storyline itself is um is really interesting and also just the characters you know like his character appears to be um somewhat maybe autistic challenged and she's dealing with that too, you know, so it's got a lot, it's really meaty, you know. You know, we're talking about all this entertainment and watching movies and stuff, do you catch yourself on your phone or doing other things while you're watching movies or watching these shows? 
Mm, so it sometimes um, I have made a concerted effort not to do that anymore. Um, but there was a period, especially during the height of the pandemic, like there's just was so much anxiety for oh, me yeah. and for everybody, I think, yeah. you know, we've all been through another trauma, right? It's, yes. You know, and so it, during those times, yeah, I'm inattentive. I'm grabbing my phone and not putting it down. And uh, even at home, you know, Angela will say to me, she'll, she'll actually stop if I, <laughs> she'll stop what we're watching and say, like, are you watching let, this? We're, let me know when you're ready. You know, yeah. I, sometimes I'll take, I'll feel like I'm in school again. Okay, everyone, put your pens down till, yeah. till Wendy's <laughs> ready to pay attention. You know, <laughs> you're not paying attention. You got to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, well, coming up next, training Mary Jane. I'm Wendy Loveedge, and I'm here at Off Leash Canine Training with Shannon Quintanar, our trainer for training Mary Jane. Hi, guys. Welcome back. All right. Let's get started. So today I'm going to talk about having her sit and hold that sit as well as laying down and also holding that down while I move around. Break. So it starts with a little bit of corrections, nothing too crazy, but we're going to tell her what we're expecting. So I'm going to start with a simple Mary Jane sit. Awesome. I'm going to give her a treat, praise her for doing that. I have a super low number on the remote. I'm just going to lollygag around just a little bit. And if she stands up, I'm going to fix her back into that sit. Since she's doing wonderful right now as I'm just pacing back, I'm going to pay her a little bit of treats to tell her how good of a job she's doing. Good sit. Oh, that's okay. She fixed herself. I don't really love it, but she did it on her own, so that's all right. So here we go. Break. Let's start again. I'm going to make it a little harder now. Sit. Good sit. Oh, that's a good sit. So when this happens, you don't have to get mad, you don't have to get loud. You're just going to bring her back to the original zone, generally this area. Mary Jane, sit. Good. I gave her a small correction right there to remind her, hey, you weren't done with the job. <clears throat> uh, oh. So here we go. This is perfect. Mary Jane, good. So I'm going to bring her back. General area. I have a little bit higher number. Mary Jane, sit. Good. You always want to restart. When she makes a mistake, it's not wrong. She's going to learn better by restarting. Good sit, Mary Jane. So I'm going to do the same thing over again. She's been unsuccessful since I've been bending over. Good job, break. She didn't mess up that time. That's when we praise her a bunch. Mary Jane, come. Yeah, good girl. Oh, she's so smart. Mary Jane, sit. Good. So right there, she got a little excited because I pumped in the air, so let me do that over again. Sit. I corrected her with the remote. She didn't mess up. Break. Perfect. So we're always going to repeat what she makes a mistake on. We're going to keep doing it over. When she doesn't make a mistake, that's when we say break, and that's when we give her treats and love and all the affection. Oh my goodness, she's the best girl. Oh, she's the best girl. Break. Yeah. Ready? Sit. Now let's try it down. Down. Good down. Good down. Oh, down. So I corrected her right there. Her booty cup popped in the air. Good girl. 
Good down. Ooh, that's a good down. Up, down. So I didn't give her a treat because she popped up for that right there. I do want to let her know what I'm looking for gets paid money, but if you pop up, you're not going to get paid. Good down. So I'm going to try it over again. Let's give her a treat. Good down. Now I'm going to walk away and squat up. So we're going to bring her back to the original zone. Sit down. Good down. I'm going to do the same thing over again. Oh. Ooh. Break. Yeah. That's a good girl. Mary Jane, come. Sit. Down. Good down, girlfriend. Now I'm going to try and walk around her. Good down. That's a good down, Mary Jane. Let me see if I can open this baby gate. Good down. Ooh, what a good dog. And now I'm going to release her. Break. Yeah, what a good girl, Mary Jane. Well, this has been absolutely amazing at Off-Leash Canine Training here in Fayetteville. Shannon, our trainer, thank you so much. Definitely. Uh, it's so much nicer at home with Mary Jane, and when we take her out, she's definitely come a long way. This has been Training Mary Jane. I'm Dr. Brian Nickel, your cannabis expert for CannabisExpertMD.com with a music and cannabis pairing for The Edge Show. This week's musical guest is Bandy Patrice. Now, she's from Memphis, Tennessee. She is a singer, songwriter, also a pianist and performer in kind of a uh, pop rap kind of style is how she's described. Uh, she's a full-on entertainer. She incorporates her dance choreography and uh, actually majorette skills into her stage performance. Brandy has a very long list of accolades with uh, high-profile for performances ranging from Fashion Week performances to actually credited Super Bowl shows. Now, a uh, quick look at her website shows more than 50 songs available to stream. Uh, many uh, seem to really combine an urban pop, R&B, and rap kind of feel to them. I listen to Life Without Me. Now, it's a soulful look back at overcoming the many difficulties uh, people face in their life. It's very, very nicely produced with a strong emotional performance from Brandy. Kind of a rhythm and blue soul kind of vibe to it, at least in my impression. Uh, it really has a great track that uh, serves well with the layered vocals that she has laid over this particular track. For this, I was looking for a relaxing strain to enjoy with uh, really Brandy's smooth presentation and uh, that you can be grateful for overcoming all the difficulties in your life and the many that you did not have to face that others did. For this, I was looking based on the cannabinoid terpene profiles available to me, natural state medicinal strawberry cough. Now, strawberry cough is potent at 21% total THC. A little bit of trace CBD is present. Terpenes show a respectable, not very high, but uh, pretty respectable 0.81%. It is terpenaline dominant at 0.46%. Beta-curiophyllin is up next at 0.18%. Humulene barely makes a showing at 0.05%. The other terpenes are really present in levels low enough that we really don't expect them to have much of an effect. 
Now, strawberry cough, this should be a mostly cerebral kind of uh, high that will be caused by the THC. Uh, it's going to give you kind of a happy, chill, smiley base due to the terpenaline. Beta-curiophyllin is going to chase away any depression and uh, perhaps some anxiety you may be experiencing. And that just little bit of humulene in there it might keep you out of the fridge a bit. Now, strawberry cough should be just the strain uh, that will... Be nice, relaxing, and chill, but not terribly sedating. Should let you sit back and enjoy Brandy's really fine performance. For more information on all things medical cannabis, be sure to check us out at CanvasExpertMD.com. We're also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under CanvasExpertMD. Now I present to you Bandy Patrice with Life Without Me.
Hi, I'm Candace Dyer. And I'm Wendy Love Edge. And this is My High News. So Candace, what cannabis news do you have for us this week? Well, Wendy, today's cannabis news is out of marijuana movement. Hot federal drug officials blow senators' mind by revealing that marijuana legalization doesn't increase teen use. Wow, it doesn't increase teen use. After all that hype and people saying it definitely would, that's amazing. Right. Wow. Yeah. Don't legalize it because all the kids will start using it then. Mm-hmm. It's like, so we now are finding out that a top federal drug official said that adolescent marijuana use has not increased in legal states, much to the surprise of the senator who said that he expected that it would be based on the alcohol trends that they've seen. Mm-hmm. The National Institute on Drug Abuse, the NIDA, Director Nora Valcro addressed the issue at a hearing before the Senate Health Education Labor Petitions or HELP Committee. She did realize concerns about health risks of cannabis overall, but made clear that the evidence doesn't support it. Well, I mean, I'm glad that they did the study and proved it. I really never saw the connection to begin with because I was like, well, um, okay, so when it wasn't legal, uh, like when I grew up in the 70s, the kids all had access to it, you right. know, um, so I, I couldn't really see the connection why legalization would make it more available to underage users. It just really never made any sense to me anyways. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, uh, no, no dispensary is going to let a child walk in and buy weed. Right. They're going to get it on the streets. They're not carting them on the streets. Like that's where they're getting it. <laughs> the dispensary ain't going to make a difference. Right. Well, I mean, think about it. To get in the dispensary, you have to ring the bell, show your card. Like it's it's not an easy process. They're certainly not going to be letting underage uh, people right. without cards come in. <laughs> so I don't get it. Right. Exactly. One of the most recent federally funded surveys on the topic stressed that young cannabis use decreased significantly in 2021, as did teen consumption of substance overall, along with several other studies saying the same thing. Now that we can do research and learn more about cannabis every day, we are learning that it's not a scary thing like prohibitionists have been Mm -hmm. trying to make it sound. Cannabis still has never killed anybody, and it's more safer than peanuts. (laughs) That's true. It is safer than peanuts. This has been Mile High News on The Edge Show. I'm Candace Dyer. Stay lit, everyone. Well, what a great show it's been. Do you have any final thoughts, Brandon, about ADHD? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously not everyone is diagnosed by a doctor with ADHD. I think we all have some attention deficit that we have to address in our lives. And I think a lot of people go through those motions and get really frustrated or um, lose hope or have a lot of uh, just bad times when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, attention and keeping attention and and watching life pass them by sometimes mm-hmm. uh, not being present in the moment. So, you know, I think really what has helped in, in my attention deficits 
that go on throughout the day with all our social media and all the things that really everyone suffers from is uh, making sure that your schedule is there, really planning ahead and planning mm -hmm. your day and making time for even the things that you love. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of people always think of making time and um, you know setting out stuff and being really nervous about working. And But I remember uh, like being too much enthralled into that right. and getting more you know, frustrated about and keeping attention. So doing the things that you love can possibly uh, help you with um, all of that stuff and talk to your doctor. If you really do feel like you're suffering and you're having some problems, there is some help out there uh, medicinally and there are some natural remedies as well. So um, definitely right. talk to your doctor about that. Yeah, I, and I think, um, you know, our guest gave us some um, tips and some help. Um, certainly Dr. Nickel talking about cannabis and ADHD. Um, natural. I'm always uh, for plant medicine uh, first, but sometimes uh, pharmaceuticals have their place. Um, but I think we also presented some some other options um, for people. And like you said, you know, um, always you know check with your health professionals, your healers, wh whoever you go to for advice. You know, having lived, you know, I'm 57, right? And I and I don't remember having this sort of inattention until recent years. So I think it's really important to kind of evaluate and assess how you're living your life. Why, if you're feeling inattentive or like maybe that's you have ADHD, kind of look at all the reasons why you're, you're feeling yes. that way and what you can do about it. Because after all, our health and wellness is largely in our own hands. Well, have a great week, everyone. Bye. The Ed Show is sponsored in part by Caris Healthcare, The Relevant App, Lit Premium Smoking Spas, 131 Inclusion Gallery, Irie Bliss Wellness, The Bomb Cannabis Body Care, Lindsay Camp with Synergy One Lending, Off Leash Canine Training, and Green Harvest Health, inviting you to reclaim your wellness. Hi, my name is Stephen Coger, and I'm running for prosecutor of Washington and Madison counties. The justice system is broken, especially here in Arkansas, and one of my first policy changes will be ending the criminalization of marijuana possession. We should not be wasting our limited resources on a plant that is legal in half the country. Instead, we will focus on fighting violent crime. We'll also make major reforms and show how ending the harmful cycles of fines and fees of cash bail and overly punitive probation actually saves millions of tax dollars and makes us safer. Early voting begins on May 9th and the election is on May 24th. There's more information about me and the campaign at votecoger.com. That's vote, C-O-G-E-R, dot com. Paid for by the Committee to Elect Stephen Coger.